life is kind of crazy sometimes. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to do it like a rap song. What, you're going to have a styrofoam cup and all you hear is like jingle jingle of ice hitting styrofoam? (sighs) I really hope that that comes through very clear on on the audio recording because... I have to make myself laugh to take away from the heartbreak and the <laughs> the constant uh, paranoia and the constant stress on myself. Um, welcome back to One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles. <sighs> That's all I got to say. That's all you got to say. You're not going to ask how I'm doing. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, bro? Actually, uh, before I move into that, I would like to share exactly how you're doing from a text thread that I got yesterday at 1042 p.m. Oh, no. Um, I can't believe Darnell Nurse is going to make $9.25 million next year. I'm going to start smoking. I fucking hate hockey, dude. So I know I know how you're doing, and it's not good. Um, not great. I don't know. Who's to say? Uh, excited to hear your thoughts on the series so far because it has been a wild ride. I'm trying to stay optimistic because I think today is going to be another one of those yin and yang episodes of ours, the famous ones. So I'm very excited to be the optimistic ostrich today. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I'm drugs. I like I'm I feel like <coughs> I'm gonna have to be prescribed like Zoloft or something after this. <laughs> what is Zoloft? What is that? I think, <laughs> Don't it's a, I think it's an anti I think it's I think it's anti-anxiety medication. Yeah. This I mean been, cigarette cigarettes are probably easier to get, but whatever. This has been this has been farm uh, pharmaceuticals with Nolan Schumann. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. Um Were yeah. you one of the were you one of the fifty six people that got pinched in the in the young slime label arresting? Was that you? The, oh, f- I forgot about that. Yeah, that was, a, that was a quick little Twitter moment that I forgot about. Ah, man, that sucks. That young all, thug all, is in jail. Young thug and gunna, man. Yeah. What's Austin Matthews gonna listen to before games? Well, he's gonna be listening to Drake after what Drake did for him last night. <laughs> Whoa, dude how how sick must it be to be like Austin Matthews and be saying, "Hey, like this is pretty cool that like Drake is shouting me out on his Instagram." Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool. Uh, you forget that like Toronto is as big of a center as it is, and, like as cool as it is, until like Drake reminds you that he's proudly from Toronto by posting about Toronto sports. Dude, it's got it's got some of the like some of the biggest artists come from Toronto, like friggin' uh, Drake, The Weekend, JB, um, Colin James. I don't even know if, or no, isn't he from Regina? I don't, dude, I don't even know who Remember, that is. Remember, I just came back to say goodbye. What? Okay. That guy's from from Canada? Yeah, he is. Uh, That's an on. elite tune. Sean yeah. Mendez is from Ontario too, isn't he? Man, is that is Sean Mendez the hottest person on earth? Uh, he, oof. He is such a good looking person. He's handsome. He is handsome. You know Colin, who else is handsome? Colin James is from Regina, by the way. Unreal. I had yeah. no idea. I've lived this in the city my whole life and I had no idea. Uh, but do you know, do you know who else is extremely attractive? Uh, I don't know who. I don't know either. I was going to say Cody CC, but I mean, he is, he's very uh, good looking dude. Um, he's, he's one of the few uh, Edmonton Oilers that uh, hasn't left me flaccid this week. <laughs> <laughs> 
in oh, more ways boy. than one. <laughs> yeah, let's go, eh? Uh, what an what an intro. We're a little low end. Uh, little low end here, Noel. What uh, what can I do to make you excited? Well, it, of- isn't isn't it good that we recorded like today after I got a good workout? I got a little subway that I'm sort of working on right now, so I'm gonna lean away from the mic every now and then and get a couple bites in. Um, but I'm a little glad that I did it after I've got a good workout. I've got a sub. I've got a little bit of pre workout still in my system, so. I'm kind of feeling it a little bit more. Um, what uh, What are the top three Subway subs, no ooh. free ads, that you can get? So, okay, this is going to come off as such a douchey question, okay, or as, as such a douchey answer. But am I am I am I counting my calories or am I not counting my Shut calories? The fuck I'm up, just Lord. asking. I'm asking. Oh, for the I love said of God. top three. Fine. Okay. Uh, so subway give me your three. Mel- subway give melt me your number three one. Favorite. Subway give me your melt three number favorite. one. Okay. Subway melt number one. Um, probably. Uh, sweet onion chicken. Uh, sweet onion chicken teriyaki number two, and then chicken bacon ranch number three. You know what? I think this is why we get along. Number one for me would be uh, t- just a straight up turkey breast. I think that's the best one, best sub. Can't fucking beat it. You can dress it up. You can dress it down. It's it's like a black blazer. It goes with everything. And then uh, number two, I think, would be the sweet onion chicken teriyaki. And number three would be the chicken bacon ranch. But I don't put ranch on it because I'm a I'm a psychopath. I put sweet onion on that one. As no, well. because you're counting calories. You fucking dick. No, just getting getting, getting what you like. Getting Get- on me because I asked about calories, and now you're and I find out that you're holding back on the ranch. Well, I, I don't, I'm not a big ranch guy just in general on, on stuff. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm not a big ranch guy. Uh, yeah, I've gotten in shit sometimes when the guys will come over after we go out one night or something and you order pizza and they'll, somebody will be like, do you have ranch? And I'll be like, I hope Miles, so. Miles, what, what do we get every time I come to Regina? Um, a nice time together spent with friends. No, what do we get every time I come to Regina? 48 Bud Light from Costco. What do we get every time I come to Regina? <laughs> Answer the question. She, TJ's two for one chicken, bacon, ranch, pizza, no tomatoes or green peppers. No, that's wrong. Uh, I don't know. Chicken, I'm trying bacon, my best. Chicken, bacon, ranch, extra chicken, extra ranch, no green peppers. Okay, there you go. From TJ's two for one. So this, this, this tomfoolery that you don't like ranch is a complete and utter lie. Uh, compared to other people i i like ranch ranch is fine but i'm not out here bussing for ranch i'm not out here waving the flag at the ranch parade you're not you're not you're not putting your dick in ranch (laughs) certainly not no (laughs) i won't make that mistake again um the uh the new listeners will be very uh will be very enticed by our talks about putting your penis and ranch sauce but um speaking of what scrap it all start over (laughs) (laughs) we just uh we want to give a shout out um i've noticed that uh we've we've gained we've gained a few more listeners in the last little bit and i wanted to give a shout out to some of the new listeners Uh, if you are just getting into one for one wherever you discovered us whether it be on twitter or word of mouth or instagram or wherever you found it we just want to say welcome um you're going to be in for a, a a probably pretty cranky show depending on how this all uh, on how this all shakes out um miles is most likely gonna have to be my therapist because uh <laughs> hey uh, it's 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 a little rough right now if anyone from the uh tully met 
hockey playoff pool is listening. I just want to say I was absolutely right about Tony D'Angelo. And if you didn't draft him, you are a fool. Maybe not a fool. Fool might be aggressive. Um, you should, I not a fool. I'll re-say it. You should have looked at my draft list a little closer then because I was trying to give you gifts, trying to give you playoff scoring picks. And Tony D'Angelo has been one of those surprising picks. So Nolan, I think if that's out of the way, I will tell the folks at home what they've got coming on this episode of One for One, Season 2, Episode 29. We are going to be not doing a recap of every game from this Oilers series, but we're going to talk briefly about every game from this Oilers series, which might turn into a recap. Who knows? How much time do you got? How much time is it going to take? Hope you're not going anywhere. Turn it on if you're going on a road trip. Uh, after that, we are going to move into just some generals, Oiler, generals Oilers discussions, uh, talking about the upcoming Game 6, Brink of Elimination. We've been here before. We're excited about it. Uh, nothing makes you feel quite are, alive. Are like we fucking hockey. excited? What are you talking about? I'm not I'm excited. excited. You're not excited? No. Relax. Uh, and then we're going to move into NHL discussion overall, give a little bit of a series-by-series uh thought thot process on some of the games that have been going on and then we'll get you out of here uh hopefully with a nice little clean little episode i'm already mad why, dude why aren't you excited why aren't you excited because your only your only other option going into game six is being like upset and pessimistic and nervous you should be excited i because think that's a perfectly got- normal feeling no, you should be excited, man. The Oilers are, are going to be coming into L.A. The boys are off the plane already. They're looking hot. They're looking ready to go. Um, I choose to live my life as a happy person, Nolan. And I am looking at the option or the opportunity that the Oilers may walk out of L.A. with a win and have their sales completely full. So if you are choosing to look at the game pessimistically and angrily and nervous, then I hope you have a Snickers because you get a little angsty when you're hungry. I don't know. But just come on. Come on, man. Be excited. Game one started off with uh, with, <laughs> with a bang. Uh, the Oilers getting completely shelled in their first game, uh, looking like the completely unprepared playoff team that I expected them to be because why not? It's the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Connor McDavid. Goal and assist. Kyler Yamamoto, looking like he was the second coming of fucking, what, Chris Kunitz or something? I don't friggin' know. Like, look, look like a friggin' star. Leon Dreisaitl with a goal. Uh, Duncan Keith. <laughs> we'll get Jeez. to him. Uh, Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard with one assist each. And then Mike Smith. Um, Miles, your thoughts on the Mike Smith goal? On the... The Mike Smith play that led, yeah, that led to the, uh, that led to the 4-3 goal. Uh, I, I like, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, beat the old drum here and say high risk, high reward goaltending. And that was, uh, (laughs) that was betting your pants at the blackjack table risky. And, uh, Michael J Smith did exactly that. You'll notice that you'll notice that I'm going to say foreshadowing a lot because I'm going to be foreshadowing a lot going in, going in through all these games. Believe it or not, I actually don't completely pin that pin that game on Mike Smith. I don't even pin that goal technically on Mike Smith because, yes, Mike Smith fucked up playing the puck, but that's what you get with Mike Smith. But you know what happened in front of him? The 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 defensive structure had a complete fart and couldn't figure out whose man was who, and it led to a goal. And that's what happened. Didn't he feed it? Didn't he feed it right up the gut? 
He turned it over and then made a huge save to stop it. So he stopped the initial one, but then it came back to the blue line, and then the defenseman came up and freaking ripped it on net. I think it was a defenseman. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to push all these negative thoughts out of my head, but like the freaking Joker, all I have are negative thoughts. Um, Mike so Smith, that's game one. Yeah, thirty-one, thirty-five, eight, eighty-six, eight percentage. Um, stinky last goal. Shots thirty-nine, thirty-five. Oilers two for four in the PP, four for four in the PK. Which is thank goodness they have needed the special teams to come through because their five-on-five play has been, for lack of a better term, fucking atrocious. Um, game two. Looked better. Looked pretty good. A lot, lot better. A lot better. Uh, big shutout. Uh, uh, Evander came with two goals, one assist. Stud. Yep. Uh, Connor McDavid and Evan Bouchard, two assists each. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, and... Isipole Harvey. With one goal each. Ryan McLeod with one goal, one assist. Tyson Berry and Zach Cassian both with an assist each. I actually quite like the play of Zach Cassian in game two. And I, it's been weird with Zach Cassian. I've actually not... He's been far from my least favorite oiler in this series. Um, and uh, Mike Smith, 30 for 30. Shuddy, play La Bamba, baby. Uh, two for four on the PP, four for four on the PK. Um, and the one thing you'll get to know about these... About these uh, these good games from the Oilers is that they were hitting the shit out of the LA Kings, which was really nice to see. Um, game three, or do you have any, any thoughts on game two at all? Probably not move on to um, game three. More so like a general Oilers thought uh, in, in gen- like from what you were saying, right uh, over these couple of games um, where the Oilers have looked their best is when they've controlled the style of play or controlled the pace of play. And that has been, directly correlated to like the physicality that they've brought forward. So like you said, in the games that they've won um, and even last night where they didn't win, but uh, like the second period, they were just racking balls out there, bouncing off of the Kings and, and forcing them to spin off of hits and have their D men play tentatively when they were chipping pucks out. Like, it's just, it seems like when the Oilers have their legs moving and Cassian and Yamamoto and Fogel and these big guys on the four check are going in hard uh, and hitting other players, hitting the opposition is what's making the Kings uncomfortable. So, yeah, they definitely need to see more of that uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, it's uh, good. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> um, game three. Uh, the big story of this game, Evander Kane had a hat-trick. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman had two goals and one assist apiece. Uh, a Nuge kind of had his two goals in sort of garbage time. Uh, the, the the scariest part with this game is I actually thought the Oilers were going to blow a 5-1 lead at one point. Um, the momentum thought- was starting to shift a little bit, and I was freaking out a, a tad. I thought you were going to say the scariest thing was that jo- Josh Archibald made a Leon Dreisaitl level pass across the ice for Nuge to score that, on that was that, a really that, nice play that is true and and also uh, uh Josh Archibald by the way uh back in the lineup um I don't, I, I, you can't really tell by by listening but uh, I looked directly into the camera after I said that where are you Jim from the office you, you, do you want me to do one of these is that better <laughs> it's fine Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's. I just think it's funny that <laughs> Leon Drysaddle one goal, one assist. Uh, big night for Cody Cece, Sir King Codeth Cece of Ottawa, Ontario. Three assists for him. Um, looking like freaking uh, Chris Letang out there. Uh, Connor McDavid, and Evan Bouchard, both to, both with two assists. 
Tyson Berry with one assist, and Mike Smith stops 44 of 46 shots for a .957 save percentage. Uh, by the way, that was a game you kind of need a Mike Smith for because uh, 46 shots is completely batshit insane. Like, you should not be allowing 46 shots. No, and to, and to win that game 8-2 while allowing that many shots yeah. is like, what is going on? And by the way, uh, Jonathan Quick chased from the net in this game. Yeah, uh, we got to see Cal Peterson come in. Uh, shots 46 to 37 uh, for the Kings. One for three on the power play, three for four on the PK, and they were out hit 42 to 35. Um, the weird thing with physicality in this game is I feel like they didn't throw as many hits, but the hits that they did throw meant something, and it was like clearing space. Um, and we'll get into this discussion about like, how important hitting is versus skill on this team, because uh, that's going to be something we're going to have to talk about. But let's get to the fun part, shall we, Miles? You excited? Are you, are you yeah. excited to get to the good stuff? Are you excited to get to game four? Yeah, Or there's up 2-1 in the series, and we're like, let's go, let's make a 3-1. Going into friggin' LA, Ben Stelter's in the audience, awesome. Todd McClellan is is nervous. He's looking like Jordan Binnington out there. Makes a switch. He takes out the young stud Jordan Spence and throws in Troy Stetcher. And the LA Kings win for nothing. Uh, Mike Smith did his best, to be completely honest. Uh, I accidentally wrote 42 shaves on 45 shots. Um, what can you do, right? Uh I mean, at that, I mean, at this point, uh, the Oilers were to do anything but saving goals, so I guess they were shaving them. I, I, I actually, better yet, they were point-shaving because they were so bad. Um, .933 save percentage, 0 for 3 on the power play, 3 for 3 on the PK, hits 38-27 to 27 Edmonton, and a team that just looked completely and utterly lost and did not want to play this game. Yeah. Did you I have anything to... to say about that? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's pretty fair. I think that's right. a pretty fair game, uh, like pretty fair uh, uh, Spark Notes version of what game four was. So at this point, we are 2-2 in the series. We are going back to Edmonton. We're feeling good. Oilers uh, haven't lost back-to-back games under Jay Woodcroft. That's right on. Uh, we're coming into this one back at home. Also very sick. Um, Oilers have had two huge wins in this series. The writing's on the wall. This is going to be an easy dub, right? Right? The first period shots were sixteen to five. Yes, correct for the LA Kings. By the way, in case, correct in, in case nobody was aware, the sixteen to five for the LA Kings. Let's, um, let's let's not kid ourselves. I think everyone is well aware of what was going on last night. Um, I'm befuddled by this game. Completely befuddled. Um, Duncan Keith saving his absolutely worst performance, probably in an Oilers uniform. I don't know if it's quite as bad as the uh, as the Minnesota game. You remember that one Minnesota game that we what we talked about, where him and Evan Bouchard were both like dash five or something like that. Yeah, that or was da- the one I was three. in. I was in the Nymo for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah um, but th- I mean, I think by the by the 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 importance of this game, the 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 magnitude of the event, this was probably Duncan Keith's worst game. Uh, Zach Cassian finally scored after they were down one nothing, and I must say that goal. Oh baby, that was that was good stuff. Uh, a, a beautiful Connor McDavid feed, and if Zach Cassian would have missed the net, 
Oh boy! All the vill- all the villagers would have been marching to the town square with yeah. with flames. Yeah, would it would have been would pitchforks? Would have been would have been finished. Um, but Zach Cassian scored a much needed goal, and then uh, in the second period, uh, the second Kings goal. Uh, Checks notes is a bad Duncan Keith play, of course, and a brutal goal allowed by Mike Smith. Do you do you do you remember this goal at all? I believe it was. Was that lo- the five I, hole head back goal? It certainly was, Miles. Yes. Yeah. Um, as someone who has gotten five cheesed, <laughs> is what we were going to be calling that goal. I I felt that uh, all too familiar feeling of like self hatred and anger that I think Mike Smith was feeling. So like I get it, but at the end of the day. Um, he's an NHL goaltender and that's a save that should get made. And he knew it right away. He knew it the second that he, that he kicked his head back uh, and the way that he went down and his butterfly wasn't good enough. He didn't have a stick covering his holes. He just got beat straight up. Um, there's not much more you can say about it. That's a bad goal to give up. And Mike Smith knows it. Um, by the way, that's uh, a backbreaker. Sorry, yeah, by the way. Uh, tonight, I'm, I don't want to come off as ageist, by the way. Um, but this <laughs> is going to be a, this is going to be a, a bit of an issue. So, just letting everybody know, um, the combined age uh, of the uh, of the uh, problematic characters on that goal is 78 years old, because you have <laughs> Mike Smith and Duncan Keith both making elite plays. Really? Fuck they're me. Seven, they're 78 years old combined. Forty and thirty-eight, my guy. I need a strong drink. Fuck me. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, third period, the, the the boys continued to go down three-one, and it was looking just despicable. There was a flicking, a, a flickering light at this point. Isn't it kind of insane that we're like? chirping these guys for being 38 and 40 and like in the grand scheme of things how young they are oh totally but like also at the same time uh you're you're an athlete unless you're freaking nicholas lidstrom uh you you better be really good at 38 or thom brady yeah who just signed a ridiculous deal (laughs) we'll get to that yeah we 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 will or not that's just kind of cool um but uh until there's finally a pulse McDad and Dreisaitl get put together on the first line with Kyler Yamamoto and uh, the Oilers draw a power play and uh, the power play goes to work and cashes in. Uh, Connor McDavid uh, on the power play from Zach Hyman and Leon Dreisaitl makes it 3-2 early in the third. And then the flurry of penalties. And Mark Andre flurry of penalties. My heavens. So... Philip Deneau scored what seemed to be the dagger, a uh, 4-2 tip on the power play to make, or I, I wrote 4-2 tip on the power play to make it 4-2. Good one, Nolan. Uh, but a tip on the power play to make it 4-2. Now, this is all due, if you if you were to watch all of these plays and, and you kind of stack them on top of one another, re- the reason why Philip Deneau is in the position that he's in to score that goal is because there is a uh, double minor penalty taken by Ryan McLeod, which... Tough penalty for Ryan McLeod to take. Uh, he, uh, I can't remember who he high-sticked, but he uh, high, high, high-sticked a member of the LA Kings uh, on a breakaway. Uh, well, sorry, Ryan McLeod was about to get a breakaway shorthanded, and we thought that he was going to tie up the game and become the hero. And, ah, ah, let's have sex with Ryan McLeod. Ah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, instead he takes a penalty. But 
the reason being is uh, let's uh, let's get to the the very fiber of why that was existing, uh, why the Oilers were on the power were on the penalty kill. Well, it was because of a blown defensive assignment by Darnell Nurse, which um, my goodness, Darnell, um, this has not been a very good series for Mister Nurse. Uh, I know that I believe I know that he scored the shorthanded goal. And I very much appreciate that, and that's great to see. I understand he plays 26 minutes a game. Great, awesome, wonderful to see. If you cannot hold your zone with 10 minutes left, and you are a number one, like, upper echelon defenseman that is expected to be relied on in the aspect that you are, he is being paid as if he's going to be 2010 Duncan Keith. He has to be better than that. You can't just have a blo- like you can't just leave a red carpet in front of your goaltender because then that leads to Connor McDavid having to take a tripping penalty, which then starts the jugga 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 jug of of penalty killing. So that's great. Uh, we make it end- out of the slew of PKs. Yes, at the end of all the uh, at, at the end of all the PK flurry, Leon Drysdale scores a shorty. Um, wow, he's alive, by the way, and we'll get to Leon Drysdale because. Uh, uh, I love Leon, but this has not been a good game for Leon, and once again, not all that great of a series. I know that he scored, um, but there is something to be said about his five-on-five play. Um, LA takes a last-minute penalty, and the Oilers capitalize Leon Dreisaitl tying it up and sending it to overtime. Um, the Oilers still had about four minutes left to go before this game was over in the third period and about to go into overtime. And the momentum they had was ridiculous. Like, they were putting everything on net, and it seemed like they were going to score to win this game in regulation. Uh, Unfortunately, they couldn't. Um, But it goes to overtime. Uh, I, uh, I get a nice tall glass of water. I do some breathing exercises. Try and tell myself everything's going to be okay. Uh, and then to start overtime, Jay Woodcroft, with his best Dave Tippett impersonation, thinks a pairing of Brett Kulak and Duncan Keith is a great idea. Oh, yeah. no. Um, and Duncan Keith can't get the puck out of the Oilers zone, and Adrian Kempe obviously gets a step on him. And I, I while I was typing out the notes, I was actually slamming my keys while typing out Adrian Kempe gets a step on him, because <laughs> that goal just infuriated me just every every little piece that went into that goal um and yeah adrian kempe scored uh, a minute 12 in connor mcdavid famously did not touch the puck great to see uh mike smith 38 saves on 43 shots 0.883 save percentage and the oilers were crushed in the shots uh 43 to 28 and scoring chances weren't even close uh so if we're gonna get into a discussion about who deserved to win this game it absolutely was not the edmonton oilers no, plain and simple. I, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say. Um, they really didn't. Really, they only showed up for 15 minutes. minutes yeah, I game. agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah 15 minutes it was a great 15 period. minutes. Fantastic 15 minutes. When they when they were playing their game, they looked dominant. But that's been the tale of the tape more often than not this series, is that LA has forced Edmonton to play their game more than Edmonton has forced LA to play Edmonton's game and that's why we're looking at a 3-2 series lead for the Kings right so 
let's i want to kind of open this up a little bit and turn this into like a uh game six but or game five but also like overall series discussion uh because uh darnell nurse has suspended one game for head buddy <laughs> philip to great job darnell um and uh yeah so the oilers are kind of learning the hard way that they can't continue to play this uh this bullshit brand of hockey right now and I think that this all comes down to too many passengers on this team. Um, I'm not mad at Connor McDavid by any means, because every time McDavid has had the puck on his stick, he has done something and has tried to get everybody involved into this. Um, Leon Dreisaitl, I'm sorry, putrid. Was putrid yesterday besides those 15 minutes. Like, behind the back passes to nobody these like these ticky tack bullshit plays. I'm I at the end of the day, if you are being outchanced and outscored and outshot, you can you cannot afford to do this shit. You have to simplify the game, play Edmonton Oilers hockey. And Leon Dreisaitl luckily recognized that in his post game interview yesterday. He mentioned something along the lines of like that starts with my line. Like we got to be better. Um, God. The defense. The defense. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oof, Maron. Can we get back to Leon for two seconds? Sure, let's go. Yeah. Sure. So my thing with, with Dreisaitl, and this might not be a comparison that you like or agree with, but I'm seeing a lot of, and it's not a lot, but it's when he's bad, he's playing, not bad. Bad is the wrong term. When he's disengaged, he's playing a lot like early Ovechkin like when the Capitals would lose out in the first round consistently because, like you said, there's too many passengers on the team. One thing that I like about Leon's game over early era Ovechkin is that he does take on that responsibility and that, like, yeah, you know, I got to be better, right? He recognizes that he's a line driver. He recognizes that this team is better when Connor and himself aren't on the same line. Um, He knows that stuff, and he's mature and getting better as a hockey player to know that, you know, he's got to do those things. And it's just practicing what you preach. And I think that he got a little bit complacent after some of those big, big goal games and maybe didn't have the the legs under him that Connor, that's the second time I said that this, this episode uh, didn't have the drive under him that Connor had in this game where like McDavid straight up went like beast mode and decided mm-hmm. that like, he was not going to let the Oilers lose this game and drag everybody with him. I don't think in this game, Leon ever was that guy. No, and do you know what was something that really bothered me about the, probably more the overtime? I can kind of understand the third period because I understood what Jay Woodcroft was going for. He wanted to tie up this game. I did not understand shortening up the bench. I guess we didn't get to see much in overtime, like, but I also think that putting Brett Kulak and Duncan Keith together as your pairing, like, you're clearly trying to do something weird. And yeah. I, I don't know what he's going for with that because at the end of the day, like, y- like yesterday, Pooley Yarvi played seven minutes last night, and it was funny because Pooley Yarvi got bumped onto McDavid and Kane's line again, and it was like the moment that happened, they had sustained zone pressure. And it's, like, dude, you could see it; it's, like, it's it was, insane. it was yeah. extremely obvious. And it's funny that in the third period, um, when. Uh, Yamamoto cross jumped on that first line because he was like benched for a little while in that game. He took a couple of shifts off. I think three or four shifts um, Woodcroft had him staple to the bench. And then he came out with Cassian and I can't remember who centered them, um, but was like 
a new, a brand new man. And then he played the third period with McDavid and Drysaddle, right? Like, I don't know what Woodcroft was doing there. And I don't know why Jesse Pugliarvi is getting the like black sheep treatment that he is getting. Like he's so good. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get in. We'll get into Jim Matheson. uh, Once we kind of get to, once we kind of get through this, Um, I think that this was easily the, easily the worst game that Jay Woodcroft has coached so far. This was shades of Dave Tippett. Like this was very much a Dave Tippett coach game. Um, and you know what? I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta call some guys out right now. Um, like what the fuck are we doing with Josh Archibald? What is he doing in the lineup? I understand that we won those two games with Josh Archibald in the lineup. Fine. The moment the four nothing loss happened, he should be out of the lineup. This guy barely played for you all season, and yet, like, he should be on the shortest leash possible. The moment Yesipoli Yarvi has a couple turnovers, it's like, yeah, you're strapped to the bench, kid. But no, Josh Archibald, good veteran, good veteran, hits. Well, guess what? We out-hit the LA Kings last night, we out-hit them the game before, and guess what? We lost both games. So, what? like, what are we doing here? And furthermore, I don't understand why... There isn't a little bit of skill involved. Why there isn't a little bit of skill called up? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a little guy named Dylan Holloway. And I understand the idea of like, we don't want to put this young rookie as his first NHL game into a playoff game. Well, what the fuck else are you going to do? You're on the brink of elimination. You got to yeah. do something now. Yeah, you, you, you got to do something. Just something. And um, I, 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 I like another guy too, Nuge. Like, besides those two goals, which you got in garbage time, man, like, Nuge, where, where is it? Where, like, I, I, I love him. I, I love Nuge, and I'm, I'm happy he's an oiler. But at the end of the day, like, you, you got to do something. You have to prove that you're a third-line center. Well, why, like, why did you sign in Edmonton for, what's his contract for? How many more years? 5.1 times 8. Yeah, he'll have seven more years after this. Exactly. So, like, if you just want to continue the like train of mediocrity that's been here since you came to Edmonton, not saying that you caused it by any stretch. Like I'm not, I'm not implying that, but like if you, if all you've known is the mediocrity of the Edmonton Oilers, since you've been on this team, wouldn't you be one of the guys that has a motor and wants to get past that? Wouldn't you be one of the guys that's maybe got an extra step um, maybe has a little bit more juice to try and will this team towards something. I don't know. I'm not pointing fingers. And again, I agree with you. Like think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a great oiler, like good leader, everything like that. No, no hate for him, but like, dude, please. Yep. That's how, that's just how I feel is dude, please for all of these guys that all season long, when they were losing games and getting their asses kicked and wanted so desperately to get out of the basement and get back to the playoffs and um, who were all dumbfounded last year when they lost to the Jets in four games, who just looked lost and confused and had no idea what was going on. Like, dude, please don't make us feel like that again. You have the po- you have the power to change that and you're actively not doing it in the past two games. And- Where's the urgency? I understand too, like he hasn't been given the best line mates, but that's also like part of a good center's job is try and make your line mates better, man. Well, you're playing if you're playing against third line competition. Uh, exactly. 
Hey, you're a first overall pick. You were a first overall pick, my guy. And you you should be feasting on these fuckers. Exactly. You should be making the guys around you look like, you know, like make them play to your level and not the, not the bad way. And Miles, I do you want to hear? Do you want to hear something that's about to put a, a massive smile on your face? I just did some math for you. Okay, are, are I you, love math. Are you ready for this? Yeah, eight point seven one two. What do you, what do you what do you think that is, Miles? Eight point seven one two. Yeah. Um. Oh, please don't tell me that someone's expected goals. No, eight point seven one two is the amount of salary cap space that is being used on players that are putting fourth line or worse production up on the board. <laughs> that includes Zach yeah. Cassian. Oh, yeah, me. Warren Fogle, who has not registered a single point and I believe is a dash five in this series. Yeah, he's been pretty bad. Josh Archibald, Devin Shore, who hasn't played, albeit, whatever, but... or And Derek Broussard. Like, Derek- it's... It's just not good enough. How I wouldn't throw Broussard under that bus either. Has he played two games this series? Uh, I think he's I think he's played one, which is yeah. But, so, but, but no, and, and I I get that, but it's also just like fine. Then w- let's go with eight point three. Then is that better? Like it's I still mean, no, it's, it's still better. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still it still stings. Because um, at the end of the day, the guys that are making the big bucks there, the guys that are really contributing to that figure, are the ones that need to be playing better. And uh, okay, um, can we just? I I know that I've kind of gone on with this, and I know I've kind of done this to death. But can we can, can we have a quick Duncan Keith discussion? No. Well, we need to very quick, very quick, because yeah, very quick. Go ahead. Okay. Say say what you need to say. Get it off your chest. I want you to feel better. You know what? I I have no problem saying this. I I'm like um. I'm doing that thing where I, I've, I, in my mind, I feel bad if I like talk bad about a hockey player because I understand it's very hard to make it in the NHL and yada 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 all all that bullshit. Duncan Keith is fucking terrible at hockey. I, like, I, I can't, I cannot, in my good conscience, deal with this. And you know who I feel the worst for is Evan Bouchard. Because Evan Bouchard is a rookie that should not have to be forced into a top four role on this team with Old Man River freaking Pepperidge Farm remembers on his left-hand side. When Evan Bouchard wants to jump up in the play, Evan Bouchard wants to have a little bit of fun. Evan Bouchard wants to be a little bit, wants to be offensively creative. And unfortunately, he has to play with Duncan Keith. And time after time after time beat off the rush like the Edmonton Oilers are hilarious because they live and die by the rush they score the I believe they score the most goals in the league off the rush or at least they did during the regular season that's clearly been shut down because lo and behold this team is so uh, 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 perfectly imbalanced um, up and down the lineup that you can't score on the rush. Uh, God forbid you have Duncan Keith and Evan Bouchard on the ice because you're almost single-handedly going to get beat this entire time. And I feel bad for Bouchard because there are times where he reads it perfectly and he gets the puck out, and I'm like, holy shit, what is this? Like, this guy is this guy like a freaking Norris winner at this point? But he unfortunately has to be saddled with fucking Old Man River. 
Yeah, man, you like, I, I don't know, but I've been really, really happy with Bush's play. And there's been a couple goals that you don't want to say are his fault or anything like that. But uh, there's been a couple goals where he's, you know, been, uh, been, been out there for, but at the end of the day, his production and the five points he's had this series and the way that he's playing as a one and a half, two year player in the NHL is like, wow. There's sometimes, like you said, where you kind of have to pinch yourself and remind yourself uh, how old this guy is and how much experience he has, because he's looked pretty damn good and pretty damn impressive. Uh, there was a sequence last night where I don't remember who fed it to him, but somebody fed him the puck kind of like just below the blue line, just above the circles and a shot registered 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Like this kid has a weapon of a shot. And as his game grows, as his confidence grows, he's going to be a huge part of this team. And this, and this all circles around to the fucking defenseman. None of these guys can get a shot on net. This is goes, this is part of the Darnell nurse problem. Like, how the hell has it been this long and Darnell Nurse cannot get a shot on net? Every time he's got space, fucking wide. Or he tries to make an outlet pass. Yeah, icing. Like, well, come on. I understand he's big. I understand that he's fast. And I understand that there are certain times where he can shut things down. But you need to be more consistent than that. Like, just, it's, it's tough love. It's tough love at this point. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're getting paid the big bucks, you gotta pay. You gotta play the big games. Yeah, and you gotta play the big roles, and but, you've gotta be there. So there, okay. it, it's tough love, but there ain't much else you can say. Okay, and I will close my Oilers stuff up with with this because I'm assuming we're, I'm assuming you probably want to move on from not talking Oilers anymore, and that, that's fine. I totally understand. <laughs> you better win tomorrow night. You better fucking win tomorrow night. I can if, hand if they don't win miles. The countdown is on. What's the countdown to? The Connor countdown. The countdown, Connor. The Connor <laughs> countdown is on officially. Because yeah. if they lose, Ken Holland will be out. I bet you any money Jay Woodcroft will probably be out. We will be on Connor's third your fourth gm fourth gm in going into year eight of Connor mcdavid we will be going into coach one two three we'll be going into coach five with Connor mcdavid you better fucking win tomorrow night because so this fan think, base does not deserve this if you you think that if they lose tomorrow woodcroft is out probably probably really you don't because think I think coached... the, I th- I think the whole no I'm not I'm not saying that I want Woodcroft gone I think Woodcroft deserves to stay I'm saying that there's a full blown regime change happening. Mm. I think even if they even if they win tomorrow, uh, Ken Holland's got to go. Oh, I uh, I totally agree. I think yeah. that he should be gone, even though they're in the middle of the playoffs. They should be firing him right now in the middle of the playoffs and be like, oh yeah, we're gonna bring somebody else on just for just good vibes. Like he's a complete and utter moron. Sorry, like there's no other way to describe it. He's he's bad at his job. You um, you, you can, you can say Keith. you can say moron. I will yeah. say architect of destruction. <laughs> you make him sound like he's uh you uh you make him sound like he's like uh building uh, shit it? for the Star Wars. Or he's like or he's like uh, uh was it that uh, Ted Zelinsky the the Unabomber? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, the, the, I, I, I agree with you. I'm hearing what you're saying. I can, st- I can stomach a seven game series loss. Like I can, I can, I can stomach it. It won't be good. I might puke. I might gag, but you know, at the end of the day, I won't wake up with, I won't wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats. If they lose in six, I will wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats. I will. I puking. If, if, if they lose this series, I will wake up in the middle of the night with wet shits. Amber heard. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a topical joke. That is, that is a very topical joke. People are, people are going to like that. Okay. Um, um, Nolan, is that yes. the end, end of the Oilers for you? Like not as a fan, but just for the topic. Maybe as a fan. Who knows? <laughs> um, by the way, Jim, shut the fuck up. Just stop. Just stop. Stop picking on Yesa. We don't need this anymore. Just leave him alone. There's so many other guys you can blame on this team. It's not Yesa. Jim Matheson. Oh my God. Hall of Fame reporter. I cannot. I can't stand him. Every time I hear Spectre's stupid voice, I. I, I Oh my God. Spec, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> Spec, can I talk to you for a second? Unreal. Um, Nolan, the rest of the NHL playoffs have been rolling, 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 to quote Limp Biscuit. And starting with the first series uh, that wrapped up, the only series that's wrapped up, actually, which was the Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators. Uh, we had both predicted this series ending in four games and the Avalanche coming out on top. And uh, this is. Again, so far we are one for one <laughs> with our predictions as the uh, Avalanche defeated the Predators in four games. Very, very cool. Uh, one of the big storylines of this series was just how good Kale McCarr was. Another storyline of this series was Darcy Kemper taking a stick to the eye. He is supposed to be back for game one of round two. Uh, McCarr got Skittles thrown at him in the last game, LOL. Uh, 21 goals in four games were scored by the Avalanche, uh, who went sicko mode. Uh, shout out to Connor Ingram. I do want to give a shout out to Connor Ingram, the goalie that came in for Nashville uh, and, and kind of took over that crease and honestly played not too bad, all things considered. They were completely outmatched, and he's got very limited NHL experience and came in against one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best team in the NHL, and played one overtime game and tried his darndest. So uh, for a kid from Saskatchewan, that's pretty dang cool. And uh, yeah, it it was nice to see uh, Connor Ingram have a little bit of success and have a little bit of fun and and get his moment in the sun there. Man, if you're in Nashville, like I heard this on another podcast, but is UC Saros like the worst thing to happen to the Nashville Predators? Because he's stopping them from... Like because he's stopping a, them from being horrible. Lottery pick, yeah. yeah. Honestly, <laughs> fair enough. Um, um, because you're about to lose Philip Forsberg in the off season. Yeah, he <sighs> skate, skated a really long lap around the Bridgestone <sighs> Arena after that game. A lot of people are are kind of calling it. Uh, where do you think he ends up? It all depends on who has cap space more than anything, and it all depends on like I I get I get vibes from Philip Forsberg that he would be a guy that wants to win. Um, I I could see him. I don't know. I think uh, I think if like Detroit had a big summer, like if they had a really big summer where they like traded for somebody and they were looking pretty good, I could see a team like New Jersey because New Jersey's on like the up and up. Uh, plus mm-hmm. they just got a second overall pick out of we'll, nothing. We'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. Um, at uh, you know what's another kind of sleeper team I could see. Um. 
Actually, no, he he wouldn't want to play in Canada. I was going to say maybe the team that won the first overall pick. Um, Montreal. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you never know, right? Uh, but no, I I think that like there's teams that are going to line up that are going to line up around the block for him. Like he's really really good at hockey. Oh, the Kings I, would be would probably be a fit. Yeah. Ironically, I know. I was going to say that there's if if I if I was a betting man, I'd say he does. He have a no no move. Well, he's a free agent, so. Oh, he's a free. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, I could see him going somewhere in California because of his like him and his his girlfriend and George Kittle's girlfriend are like best friends. George Kittle's so wife. I, George Kittle's wife. Yeah. So I could see them, uh, going out to the West Coast, like maybe Seattle, something like that. I don't know. Play with Maddie Beniers. Claire Claire Kittle. Hey, relax. This is a family show. This is a family program. Uh, so that about wraps up Nashville, Colorado. Anything else you want to say about the series or any more simping you want to do for George Kittle's wife? Uh, rest in peace to the Nashville Predators. <laughs> you put up a decent fight. Respect. Uh, Blues versus Wild. The Blues are currently up uh, three games to two going into St. Louis Thursday night for game six. It's been a pretty good series, in my opinion, and you've seen a bit of a resurgence uh, from one Jordan Bennington, who seemed to have lost the crease and came Ooh. back and won some games for them. Uh, St. Louis looking pretty good. Wild, still very good team on their heels a little bit, but have the power and uh, have the star power and the player power to come back in the series. Nolan, what are your thoughts? I know that I'm kind of getting sidetracked for a second, um, but at the very end, can we, because it's it has been a week since then, can we please talk about uh, our least favorite player in the league and his comments in his, uh, in his uh, end, of, end of season press conference? Oh my God, yeah. Please. <laughs> Let's just have a, we'll have a roast at the end of the, at the end of this. We will not um, forget about our man, the gamer. Uh, um, yeah, this has been, a, honestly, a really tough series for Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> um you thought that maybe playing in front of a better team, he would look pretty good, but no, it's, it's been a pretty rough go for him. Um, I still believe in Minnesota, but the whole like nine twenty goal scorers thing is definitely kind of coming to haunt them from St. Louis's aspect. Cause St. Louis is just so deep up and down the roster. Um, but like, you got to think that Kirill, the thrill might pull them through these last two games here. Yeah, um, Mark Andre Fleury is one of those goalies too that has a switch, and if he yeah. flips it and goes stu- goes sicko mode, it's it's over, right? So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, again, St. Louis has the opportunity to uh, close that series out uh, tomorrow night. So that is what's going on in St. Louis and Minnesota. Nolan, a game that is going on tonight. The Flames and Stars are going to be playing Game 5. The series is tied 2-2, which I don't think many people were expecting, certainly not us. Uh, Jake Ottinger has been the tail of this series. He's having a very good playoff so far. A star in the making. Oh, man. The Dallas Stars, the rich get richer. Another franchise goaltender. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on it. They're a goalie factory down there for sure. Uh, Flames play so far in this series, Nolan. What are you thinking? Um, I think that the I think that the Dallas Stars are very lucky to be tied in this series. Um, the Flames have outshot them, outchanced them by every metric. Um, and Jake Ottinger has literally stood on his head. Uh, the whole like uh, the whole John Klingberg like being a goon thing is kind of funny. Um, just kind of getting under the skin of the flames, but also the flames getting under his skin has been really funny. Um, I saw today that they actually broke up the, like 
top five line in hockey in Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski, and just kind of split them up a little bit. And they put Michael Raffle on the first line, which is oof maron. Uh, a bit but, of a head scratcher, the kids yeah, are saying. Uh, but... Uh, Sorry, Dallas. I just, I just don't see it happening. I mean, you, you got your, you, you got your two wins, but I think Calgary's going to pull this off, no problem. For sure, I would uh, regretfully agree with you in that regard. But uh, yeah, I honestly haven't been watching very much of that series. Funny to see Brady Kachuk in a Flames shirt in Dallas, yeah. drinking a Michelob, trying to get his dad's attention. That's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, that's been about all that I've seen of that series. And. The distraction behind the bench in Dallas, which I'm sure everybody in the hockey world is aware of. Uh, so Miles, how long did it take you to subscribe to her OF? Um, did not. <laughs> yeah, why would why would people do that? Yeah, I don't know. I did did not subscribe. Not did did not in terms of time. Mal, if you're listening, I swear to God. <laughs> So the next game in that series, uh, sorry, not next game in that series. The next series in the West would be the Oilers versus Kings, which I believe we have talked enough about. We have not talked enough about it. I'd like to talk. I'm just kidding. Go on. (laughs) Moving over to the Eastern Conference, Nolan, we have the Panthers and the Washington Capitals, who are playing at this moment in time. Wow, this series has been close. Are the Caps just better than they got credit for, or are the Panthers shitting the bed? They are in Florida for game five tonight. And at the time of this recording, going into the third period, they are tied 3-3, which oh. is nasty, 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 because I thought that the, the Panthers would have ripped this series. I didn't even have the Caps winning a game. I think you had the Caps winning one. Like No, I, I, I think I had a sweep. Yeah, so this has been absolutely insane. So uh, honestly, I'm curious. Do you think that the Capitals were slept on, or do you think that uh, the Panthers are shitting the bed? I should have factored in the president's trophy aspect, man. Like I always forget that the president's trophy is like a curse. You never want to win the president's trophy because it's like a guaranteed first round exit or damn near first round exit. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, I still think that Florida is good enough to get out of this. They should pull it off. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I do agree with that. I think that they just have way too much firepower. Like they, they have to do this. If they win tonight, I think it's done in six. Um, is it yeah. yeah, is it is it tied right now? I it's sorry. Tied two, okay. two. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. The series is two two, the game is three three going into okay. the third. So gotcha. it is like it is it is uh straight up tied up. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. uh yeah, that's uh that's good stuff. That's good stuff. But I get yeah. There we go. Uh the next series, Nolan. This one's been another big topic of discussion. Toronto versus Tampa. Aside from having the exact same color palette, uh, the Leafs got a big win last night, came from behind to take a 3-2 series lead. Um, has been very back and forth all series in terms of one team sucking and the other team winning, and one team winning and the other team sucking. Excited to see how it shapes up. The goalie numbers in this series, Nolan, have been also a very big topic of discussion where um, everybody on Twitter is making a big deal about Jack Campbell's statistics and how bad his save percentage is. Um, and me being like, if anybody's going to win a series, it's Andre Vasilevsky, whose numbers have comparatively been worse than Jack Campbell's. Uh, both are like sub nine save percentage and like above three goals against average. So she's been a tough one in Tampa and Toronto, aside from alliteration. Uh, Nolan, you had the Leafs winning in seven. I think I had Tampa winning in seven. Changing your answer, how do you feel? 
I still feel pretty good about my answer. I think that they've got all the momentum in this series. But at yeah. the same time, that's also like the Leafs curse is that they get momentum and then they they squander it. Um, what would you say if the Leafs lost in seven? Is that the most Toronto thing of all time? Oh yeah, de- like definitely. But I also can't say much because I'm I'm like very certain that now my favorite team is going to lose in six. Can you please knock on some wood after saying something <laughs> as stupid as that on an Oilers I'm s- podcast? I'm you sorry, fucking loser. I'm a fr- I'm a friggin' Debbie Downer at this point. That's the first time I think I've called you a loser and actually meant it. Thank you. I need uh, some more positivity out of you, my guy. I'm trying to be positive. Um, anyways, uh, the yeah, like the momentum is just is just completely swinging in Toronto's favor. I've actually watched this series quite a bit just because, um, obviously, like everybody out here is watching it. Um, I, I gotta say though, Steven Stamkos, holy shit, has been on one. He's good. been so good, so yeah, so so good. The the problem with these games starting on the East Coast is that I haven't like by the time I get home from work and like eat and do whatever I got to do if we, if we don't have a ball hockey game shadow fresh lettuce then um like I just don't get to watch them so I have not seen very much of my Hurricanes I have not seen very much of my Lightning I have not seen very much of my Rangers so it's been tough so. It's funny. I went. I went by complete eye test measures, and then I was like, "Oh, I wonder how good Steven Stamkos's numbers are." And he has three points in five games. Whoopsie Daisy! <laughs> um, wow, he's electric. <laughs> he's got two goals. Those two goals are important, my guy. Um, but what's up, uh, my dude? What's up, dude? What's up, guys? Uh, yeah. Uh, the. The celly last night from Austin Matthews, goodness gracious. Yeah, that was pretty sick. That was pretty cool. That's one that I'm going to be recreating on the ODR this season for sure. <laughs> I'm going to be doing the... Uh, After I toe drag a nine-year-old. I'm going to be doing the... Uh, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you call it again. because uh, I Shot through the heart! <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. Or I'll do like the Artemisimov down on, down on one knee. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, buddy. Uh, Hurricanes versus Bruins. The Canes have the Bruins on the brink tomorrow night as the series sits three games to two. The Bruins are a very good home team, but you know what, Nolan? So are the Hurricanes. Who can snag one in the other team's barn will be the telltale sign of this series as they go back to Boston for the sixth game. Uh, I think you had the Bruins winning this one. I had the Canes winning this one. How do you feel? Uh, I still feel good about the Bruins. I yeah. think, uh, man, Brad Marchand has been on one. I think he, he had, what, five points in, the, in that game that he called Tony D a racist? Yeah, <laughs> which is nuts. <laughs> which is so nuts. I'm sorry. I love Brad Marchand so much. For doing I, that or just in general? Just in general. I think he's awesome. I think he's a great player. I think he's such a good shit. He's just such a good shit lord, for, back, for lack of a better term. <laughs> shit lord, I think, is the best term. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've noticed since we started doing this pod is that, like, we have both periodically hyped up Brad Marchand, like, to, to the highest of highs. And within a calendar week of that high being mentioned, he gets suspended. Or does something absolutely ridiculous. Like, I remember, I remember, Petridge Farms remembers. I remember when they played the Habs and he had a hat trick and I was in Saskatoon for the week and I just got back from Mexico and I was like, 
we did the pod episode or whatever. And I was like, this guy's so good. And people don't talk about enough about how good he is, blah, 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 blah. And then he got suspended for six games, like <laughs> two days after the episode came out. And a bunch of people were sending me like the graphic that was going around, like most individual suspensions in NHL history. Like, so the fact that you just talked about King Shitlord has me thinking <laughs> that he is going to do something absolutely stupid and get kicked out. So um, let's see what happens. The uh, the I I love the fact that he was under Tony D's skin so much that he scores the empty netter and Tony D just chucks the stick. Man, Tony Tony what so, a loser. Uh, what a winner on the ice. Yeah, until he's bumped in the first round, and then he starts, and then he starts watch your tone too. There, but, no it, but he calls it watch your tone, but it's 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 a T W O N E. Man, did you see? Speaking of uh, speaking of sick guys, did you see Chuck Liddell in L A? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Did you did you see his hat? I uh, I didn't, but you mentioned it to me in a text, and it blew my mind. Shout yeah. out Sportsnet. Yeah, sh- yeah, shout out Sportsnet being like, oh yeah, Chuck Liddell's sick. Don't tread on me hat. Yeah, fucking great look. <laughs> Harner Ryan Singh is on the call, and you got Chuck Liddell wearing a don't tread on me hat. Good fucking job, guys. Oh, the attention the to detail. Shits. Oh the my attention god, to detail is gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's not even hard to see. You can see the stupid snake on it. <laughs> no, I know, but like. I just wasn't looking at that. Like I was, I was like, "Oh, it's Chuck Liddell." Like, do you remember when he was in? Uh, yeah. Do you remember when he was in Blue Mountain State? Like, that was crazy. And you're like, he's wearing a "Don't Tread on Me" hat. And I was like, "Oh goodness." Do you gracious. remember when he was on Entourage? Because I do. I actually don't. I did watch Entourage. That's one of the series that he, I have uh, seen. I think it's. I think he. Uh, I think a, a Johnny Drama like uh, threatens him or something, or says that he like kicked <laughs> Chuck Liddell's ass, and then Chuck Liddell like hunts him down, and then. Oh yeah, it's because it's part of like that show that Johnny Drama gets pranked on. It's like a oh, punk sort yeah, of yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, last but not least, Nolan is the Pittsburgh oh, Penguins New York Rangers series. <laughs> Poor fucking Igor, man. Uh, so they're currently playing right now as well. At the time of this recording, there is a minute left in the game, and the Rangers are up four three. The Penguins have a lead in this series, three games to one. Uh, now, this series has been interesting. And remember when I said, I don't watch any East Coast games because they're too early. I watched the first two games of this series. And when Casey DeSmith went out in game one, I was like, easy Rangers dub. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Good for me. Uh, my Rangers advancing pick is going to be the smartest thing ever. My bracket might be perfect. And then I'm going to go on this big, long spiel about how I know everything about hockey. <laughs> but I forgot about Louis Dominique or whatever his name is. The chef. Do you want to try that again? I don't know. I don't. Louis Deming. Yeah, cool. Uh, so Big Louis comes out here and makes a souffle or spicy pork or whatever the hell it is. Uh, and yeah, Louis the, Louis the chef has been pretty solid combined with the Rangers being pretty bad. The Pens have a chance to advance tonight. But as mentioned, the Rangers are up uh, four to three with a minute left in the third period. I have a quote here. From a good friend of the show shout out nyr nick new york has had nine power plays this series excluding tonight nashville had 13 while playing one fewer game 
This is actively the only series in which team has below a dozen power plays. It has the largest difference in power plays awarded. The Rangers are averaging 1.8 power plays while the Pens are averaging 2.8 and the league average is 4.3. There is one series getting called completely different than the rest of the playoffs and it is slowly driving me insane. Well, I've got good news for NYR Nick because I don't know if you saw the news, Miles. Uh, Sidney Crosby actually left the game with an injury. Ooh. And you know what, Nolan? As we've been rambling here, the Rangers scored another one. So it's 5-3 with 16 minutes, 16 seconds left in the third period. And this so it looks actually, like the Rangers are going to make this 3-2. And this is actually a tremendous segue here because uh, we're about to get into the statistical leaders. Ooh, segue of Regina. Statistical leaders. Who is leading the playoffs in points, Nolan? It certainly couldn't be someone whose team played four games. That just doesn't make sense. It just ne- it never happens. Never happens. Until today, because it's <laughs> Kale McCarr who's leading a defenseman who played four games in round one is leading the NHL playoffs in points with 10. That is absolutely insane in the membrane. I think the more important discussion about Kale McCarr isn't like, is he the best defenseman in the NHL? It's like, is he the best defenseman in 30 years? I don't know how much of that is even really a discussion, man. He's, he's, he's changing the way the position he's, is played. Like he's, he's gotta be, would you, I would say he's better than like primary Carlson. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he's, he's 23 years old. Yeah. He's dude. He's nuts. Like, no, honestly. So, um, did you listen to the Gretzky interview on 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 beep? Yeah, I did. On beep, yeah, on no free ads. Um, one of the things that Gretzky said was like talking about how like um the way that like players have fun and how the creativity is born out of that. And like, you have to be a kid that enjoyed playing hockey to get this level of creativity and talent. And that like um, players are so forced on systems now that they're losing it, but it's kind of coming back, blah, 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 blah. And then he started talking, I'm not blah, 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 blowing Wayne Gretzky. You know what I mean? But uh, he started talking about how like this Rover style of defenseman. And he was talking about um, Aaron Fox or sorry, Adam Fox, he was talking about Kale McCarr and how they're like changing the position of defense kind of back to what it was like when he was growing up and he was watching Bobby Orr go supernova. And I just found that really interesting because I, I really do think that Kale McCarr is going to be a game-changing defenseman um, that kids are going to grow up watching and seeing his style of play and seeing and emulating that and seeing more guys in the NHL start to play that way. Um, I really do think that he's going to change the position of, of what the, you know, uh, prototypical prototypical defenseman is I'm I'm very big on Kale McCarr and I know that that's not like a steaming hot take but shout out third best player in the NHL yeah yeah I would not say that that's crazy I would have him in the top four for sure and I would say it goes McDavid Matthews McCarr yeah 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 I mean at at, at today I I wouldn't argue that with you I think that makes more sense than uh, more sense than not. Uh, so we've talked a lot about Kale McCarr. He has ten points, very sick. Uh, tied at nine points 
are three players who are all very good as well. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Brad Marchand. These numbers might have changed. I don't know if Crosby got points before he left the game. Maybe he's at 10 as well. But for this day and age or this time of the recording, this is where we're at. After those nine, it is Kaprizov and Tony D'Angelo tied with eight points for third in playoff yeah. scoring. Uh, after that is Matthews, Marner, Leon Dreisaitl, Nikita Kucherov with seven. And there's really no point going any further because it just turns into a myriad of ties. But the elite players in the NHL playoffs have 10, 9, 8, and 7 points for your top 10. Looking at goaltenders, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, this is in orders of goals against average. All of these guys are under a 2.00 with Jordan Bennington being exactly at a 2.00. So I left them off the list, but I talked about them just now. So here we are. Who's really doing the Lord's work? Markstrom, Ottinger, Kemper, Samsonov. And anti Ranta. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, uh, you mentioned Jacob Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom, Igor Shisterkin, and. Ooh, this is a bad one because I don't remember the, who the third who one the is. The third either. one was. Uh... Oh my God, this is really bad that we don't remember. Uh... It wasn't Vasilevsky, it wasn't Sorokin. Uh... Freddie Anderson? Oh, Sor- Soros was named. Soros. Was, was it Soros? Yeah. Yeah, Markstrom, okay. Saros, and Shisterkin were named the Vesna Trophy finalists. And Looking since we're on the since we're on the topic of trophies, who are the Calder finalists? Trevor Zegras, <laughs> Mort Sider, and Michael Bunting. Uh, players, uh, famously, that Michael Bunting is uh, uh, older than uh, Austin Matthews and uh, Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I, th- I saw Nathan McKinnon was born September 1st, 1995, and Bunting was born September 17th, 1995. Yeah. Um, it, like, I don't care. Like, I, I'm sorry. This I, I saw this, like, ar- this argument on Twitter. It was like, uh, uh, it, it doesn't matter. The, the, the rules stipulate that he falls under the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the rookie sort of, Banner, I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, oh, the rookie label. Uh, so he's technically a rookie, and he had the best year of a rookie. Uh, no, I I will take the 19 year old defenseman that took on the hardest competition and was like completely changed the Red Wings blue line. I'll 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 take him. Sorry. Yeah, I and I, for the Leafs fans in my mentions, we went after Kaprizov for this exact same thing last year yeah, about how he's not a rookie and made fun yeah. of him and had 40 year old rookie like memes and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's the same thing. Give the Calder like straight up, put an age cap on the Calder. I don't know how you get around this, but if Bunting wins, I'm going to, I'm going to blow a head gasket. I'm going to snap. It was the same. White Carter McDavid lost to Artemi Panarin. History he was like 25 and he played in the KHL for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was on the Blackhawks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And played on a nasty line with some crazy talent around him. So whatever Blackhawks it is, what it like, is. See you later. <laughs> yeah. We can't afford to pay you. Uh, some more news from around the NHL this week. Barry Trotz was fired by the New York Islanders after four seasons behind the bench there. He finished with a 152-102-34 record, made the playoffs three out of four seasons in Long Island. Um, I don't know if that was really a surprise move coming out of New York because they had such a bad year. That was a huge surprise. Why would you fire Barry Trotz? He's like one of the best coaches in the league. Well, he's older, and 
they had a really shitty year and Lamorello is kind of has a, a, a history, not a history, but like a precedence of doing shit like that. He's got a pretty short fuse with coaches. He's a, he's a very much a, what have you done for me lately kind of GM. So I don't know. Hindsight's 2020. Maybe I'm a genius who knows, but like little, little surprising anyway. I, not that surprising. I don't I, know. What do you, I think some team's going to be very lucky to hire Barry Trotz this summer. Uh, I don't Barry know. Trotz, I don't know if Barry Trotz coaches another oh, game yeah, in the NHL. Will. Yeah, he's yeah. I, I think he retires, man. I don't think so. He's not that old. He's how old? Let's see how old he is. Barry Trotz, he's fifty nine. He's not even old. <sighs> I thought he's like, older feels than like, that, honestly. He's like sixty eight. It'd be a different story. Yeah. Oh, I Barry, thought he was. I I thought he was older than that. Um, I think. Uh, I I don't want it because it just it makes me sad. But I do think that that could be like a potential. Oilers thing if they don't want to keep on Woodcroft but I think my my two landing spots I could see both Winnipeg and or Detroit yeah Detroit I think would Winnipeg. make so Detroit would also make sense because it's like Steve Eiserman getting like a top five coach in the league mm-hmm. <laughs> classic Eiserman yeah the the uh draws to Winnipeg have been pretty abundant on the on the internet but we'll see I don't know I thought yeah when I said I don't think he coaches another game in the NHL I didn't realize that he was 59 I thought he was older than that so uh yeah we'll see what happens with Barry Trotz's future there and we'll see what happens in New York who uh Islanders are going to be in some fucking shit coming up I think they don't if they don't have a crazy bounce back, they're kind of they're they're in tough man. It's going to be dark days in in Long Island. Speaking of old and Lou Lamorello, do you know how old Lou Lamorello is? Seventy four. He will be eighty years old in October. Oh my god! <laughs> that's that's fucking insane. That guy loves hockey. Oh my god he he will he will he's gonna outlive with, all of us. He he's gonna tell with- our. He's gonna tell our kids about COVID. He he will die with a BlackBerry in his hand. <laughs> Is he a BlackBerry guy? Well, I I was more so making a reference to like the old NHL video games because I remember you and you had like all the Blackberries at trade deadline. Oh okay. <laughs> I thought that just like as an old guy, he was just like I'm he probably not does. getting rid of my BlackBerry. He he probably sends faxes. Um, <laughs> well, Miles, uh, the. What are the basically the last big piece of news here? Uh, the NHL draft lottery was last night, and I was really worried for a minute that Arizona was going to win the first over. Actually, firstly, I was worried that Chicago was going to win it because I'm like, no, you don't deserve nice things. Um, but then I was worried that Arizona was going to get it, and I'm like, yeah, we don't want Shane Wright playing in front of 5,000 people this year. That makes me sad. Uh, but no. The Montreal Canadiens won the 2022 Upper Deck NHL Draft Lottery. I just thought that was funny. They, they kept on they kept on saying the 2022 Upper Deck NHL Draft Lottery. Uh, hey, if you pay for the naming rights, you better get the naming yeah, rights. I guess so, right? Um, my 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 joke on Twitter was it should be called the uh, Hey, all of our teams took an Upper Deck this season and or Upper Decker this season, and now we are awarded with a pick. Ha <laughs> lottery. Okay, there, there you go. Um, the and the Montreal Canadiens won the first overall pick for the first time since 1980 when they selected Regina's Doug Wickenheiser. Montreal, nonetheless, are picking first overall for the first time since 1980, which is going to be something that's going to be big for them. And uh, assuming they take Shane Wright, they're going to have their first clear-cut number one center in a very, very long time. 
Yeah, that's and I and you know what? I'm like I'm honestly pretty happy for him. Like that's 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 really cool. Um I think that that like they've spent so long of trying to convert all of these guys to center and they finally have the right guy now and it seems like it's going to work out. So that's yeah. exciting. From the Stanley Cup final to first overall pick. <laughs> Oof, my own. <laughs> crazy, crazy, uh, crazy. Hopefully they can build something around him because uh, Montreal is one of those cities that I don't want to see the Habs like good <laughs> just yeah. out of my own spite. But like when Montreal is winning, I think that that would be a really cool place to be. The draft is also in Montreal. So that, I, I don't know if you mentioned that. Sorry. I, I didn't, I, but that's super cool. That is very cool. Um, and then finally, uh, with, with, with this, with this last bit of, of, of talk about the NHL draft lottery, uh, the New Jersey devils moved up to second place and, uh, Tom Fitzgerald spoke to NHL.com and said a week ago that they may have to move the pick for a right now player and go ahead with the young core that they have. Um, who do you think they're going to move that pick for miles? Uh, if they do move it, I could see maybe like, I don't know if they need a defenseman, but Chikrin in Arizona, Maybe oh, man, makes a little I, bit of sense I, to me. I, I, I like that. I like it that. It would just have to, I think that their dance partner is going to have to be somebody that's going to take on PK Subban. I think that that, PK, that P- it's going to be pick, pick and cap. That's going to have to be going. PK is a free agent this year. Oh, his, he's off the books. Yeah. He is even better. Yeah. Even better. I don't actually, their, 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 their cap books actually look pretty all right. Um, they got to re-sign um, Jesper Bratt, which is yeah. going to suck because he had an awesome season. Yeah, he's um, going to get paid. But like, yeah, no, they they've got they've got Douglas making nine, which is fine. Um, and then yeah, you've they got to get their freaking goaltending situation figured out. Though, holy Moses, was it bad this year? <laughs> um, um, speaking of bad this year, Nolan. Yes. Mark Shifley's end of season comments were made in Winnipeg. Oh, that's, that's, that's yummy. That's yummy content for me. Do you remember not verbatim, but rough idea of what was said? Uh, he basically was asked about, uh, what, 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 what the future was going to hold this upcoming off season. He said, well, you know, I'm in the prime of my career. I think I'm getting better. I think I'm at a really good spot physically. Um, I uh, I need to talk it over with my agent because I need to do what's best for my career. So it's going to be a tough conversation. And to that, I say, um, has Mark Shifley gotten better at all in the last five years? Better at hitting guys in the head with his elbow. Like seriously, I I don't has he scored has he scored over thirty goals in a regular season in a very long time? I don't think so. I don't think so, man. I, I have not been, I just hate Mark Shifley so much. I think that that's such a loser comment to make from a guy who's like the face of your franchise, like the public face of your franchise in such a small market. Um, it's just incredibly selfish. And I understand that players do need to move on and, you know, do what's best for their career. But man, for, for a guy who claims to be such a gamer and such a staple and, blah 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 and like for a guy who speaks so highly of himself that was a very selfish thing to say he has scored 30 goals twice in his career yeah marcus Um, trifley yeah mark you're you're not you're not one of the top tier upper echelon players you're not even you're not even near a ryan o'reilly so shut up so go to philly (laughs) they've got 
all the cap in the world. Oh man, that'd be that'd be yummy content right there. Maybe he goes to Jersey. Maybe there's there's three centermen are are he sure Hughes and Shifley. <laughs> <laughs> I like the devil's eye. I don't want that to happen. No, I'm just being a shit. I'm just being a shit. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. This is going to be a fun off season, but we do have a lot more playoffs left to go. Nolan, is there anything else you'd like to say? Or can I tell the folks what we've got on the horizon? Let's close her out, my friend. We have a massive game tomorrow, May 12th, game six against the Kings. And this hurts me to say, but... We have a game May 14th against LA in Edmonton. Maybe. If necessary. If the Kings don't close things out tomorrow. So do whatever pregame ritual you need to. Put the lucky chips in the lucky spot. Get your get your game jersey on. Get your rally cap. Get your pops in the fridge. Get your favorite pizza. I don't know. Whatever you do. But pull out all the stops because get the Oilers need from the shelf from the shelf because the Oilers need all the help they can get to come out of this one with a W to live to see another day. But that does it for this episode 29 season two of one for one. Make sure you keep those rituals tight. Make sure you keep them right. And as always go Oilers go. Go Oilers.